Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School, Chicago. I hope and pray that the following message blesses you with peace and hope in Christ, who died and rose for you, for free. It is yours. If you'd like to support God's mission of giving life, hope, peace, joy, and love in the city of Chicago, go to stjames-lutheran.org. Peace. Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Grab a seat. Imagine being invited to this meal. I mean, have you ever been to, invited to a, I don't know, a, a meal where it's kind of like maybe someone you admire, someone, I don't know, you... Maybe money-wise, like they kind of live in a whole other league than I do, and you're not sure how to act or what to wear. You feel privileged, maybe. Maybe it's someone you always want to be friends with. It's a privilege, a little nervous. First dates, perhaps. Meals can be scary, right? They're uh, a big deal. Imagine uh, Matthew, I think about. It's such an important meal as this, the... Uh, the most important meal of the Israelites, of the Jewish person of that day, Passover meal, celebrating God's rescue of Israel from Egypt, remembering how He came through on His promises, how He made a covenant with them, and how He gave them the promised land, the whole nine yards. And, and here's, I just can imagine Matthew and how special this was to him, because he got to share this powerful, beautiful, special meal with this Jesus, this hero of his, this holy man to Matthew. I'm not sure all the what Matthew thought. I guess he thought, as Peter describes Jesus, the Christ, he is the Messiah, he's the one. And he is inviting Matthew to join in a meal, especially such an important special meal as this. And I think it was especially true for Matthew as he began to recline, I'll bet he remembered another meal, maybe a couple actually. I wonder if he was remembering the first time he had a meal with this Jesus and he was a little blown away. It's in Matthew chapter 9, he records it in the gospel that he writes. You see, Matthew uh, wasn't your typical Israelite. He wasn't your elder of the church. In fact, who knows how often he went to synagogue. I bet he never did. I bet he wasn't allowed to go to synagogue because Matthew was a what? Tax collector. And so, as you know, the cliche goes, and it's pretty much true. If you're a tax collector, you're, you're collecting taxes from your fellow countrymen for who? I mean, we have a hard enough time giving people taxes of our own people that's going to help us, like su supply public transportation, all that. But these guys, they're being taxed by the invader, the foreign, the pagan Roman emperor. And who's collecting the tax for this foreign entity that had taken over their nation? Matthew. Jewish guy, but 
kind of a traitor. He's working for the enemy. He's uh, making sure you're paying your money to not just Washington, D.C., but like Rome. No uh, taxation with representation there. And evil and pagan, and they hated him. And here this guy is working for him. And not only that, what they would do is uh, they would charge you the tax, and if you won't pay it, guess who's going to make sure someone does? You do. It's going to be a Roman soldier. All knew that for these guys to make money, and they, Matthew kind of wore some nice clothes, had a nice car. Why? Because he charged you over what you owed. He'd skim off the top and make a little money. He probably thought, that's mine anyways. I got to put up with all this and work for Rome. I deserve this. So tax collectors were outside of the congregation of Israel. They were the sinners. And they were. That's bad. Everything that I'm talking about, they were wrong. There's nothing wrong with collecting taxes. Nothing wrong with taxes, by the way. But how they were doing it was. They stole against their own people. And so Matthew had probably not been a synagogue for years. He might have just, maybe you've been here before, maybe you know someone has. Once you go down a certain road and you've been told that's wrong and you're like, it is wrong, you know it's wrong, at some point you're like, I'm not, can't be saved anyways. I'm outside of that. I've done too much. And you just let yourself be you. You just be you. You don't care anymore what God thinks because you figure it's all too late anyways. That's Matthew. So here he is doing his job. Jesus is looking for some good disciples. And he just goes by and sees Matthew and says, follow me. Now, I'm sure that Matthew had rationalized how he didn't care at all anymore about his fellow Jews or the synagogue or what they thought. Ah, there's no God. Uh, but he'd rationalize, you know what, I'm not that bad of a guy. Or he rationalized, I'm so bad, it doesn't even matter. I bet that's the face he put out for everybody. But when Jesus came by, he knew about this Jesus, this miracle worker, this healer, this righteous teacher, this so-called Messiah. When he came by and said, follow me, we're told that Matthew started following. I wonder if it was the first time Matthew had an invitation to anything holy ever. I bet it blew his mind. Think about it. Me? This, this Jesus wants me? to follow him. And I bet all those, all about those, those faults, those, that false facade fell down and he was so happy that a holy person, this Jesus, saw him and invited him to a party. And he went. So Matthew's perspective of Jesus is quite amazing. He personally knew forgiveness, that God loves sinners, and what it was like to be invited by a holy person to eat dinner. And then, you know what Matthew did after that? We're told in chapter 9, Matthew had a dinner, and he invited all his friends. Guess who Matthew's friends were? Well, kind of like sort of people. I mean, it's all Matthew could be friends with. He wasn't allowed to hang out with normal society, and it was his fault, by the way. Jesus is not saying, 
as long as you work hard and tax collecting is not that bad, and these sins are… Jesus never says that. In fact, Jesus actually makes you feel worse about your sins if you're really listening and not fantasizing about what you think Jesus says. He actually makes you feel worse, but Jesus does something even better than make you feel okay. He forgives and forgotten and loves you. And so here, Matthew is having a dinner, and this is the first meal that he has with Jesus. Jesus comes over, and there's all these tax collectors. You know what? The same guys that pretended like they were too strong or too awesome. They don't need God anymore, and here they are, invited by Jesus, invited by Matthew. They'll definitely hang out with Jesus. This guy loves me. He forgives. I'm welcome back into the party. There they were. That's the first meal Matthew remembers, and I'm confident as he's reclining on that Thursday night and they're having this meal, he's remembering that first one, how Jesus came to his house and ate with him. So he's sitting there, and then Jesus says these funny words, take, eat. He holds up this bread. They're supposed to be doing the Passover meal, but Jesus could care less. You can make those connections, but this is something else. He's creating something else. He takes this bread, and this whole meal is supposed to be about Moses, and it's supposed to be about Exodus and rescue, and that's awesome. But Jesus, egotistical guy as he is, and he can be, makes it all about him. And so he takes up the bread and he says, this is my body. Doesn't explain it. There's no parable. He's not trying to teach a lesson or use it as an illustration. He just says it. And the best and the smartest and most, most rational reading is, it is. Jesus thinks this is his body. And your response should be, he's the miracle worker. He's the one that rises from the dead. Let's go with Jesus' little game that if he says this is his body, it is. Don't know how, and you don't need to. You don't need to try to figure out how it becomes his body, or you're supposed to be feeling something when you eat the bread. Don't just let Jesus say it's his body, and you just say, okay. And then he goes on and says this. He takes a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this, look at this, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And Matthew is seeing a couple things here. First of all, he's remembering how amazing it is that he gets to be at a meal with this Jesus. And you know what another meal he's thinking about? He's thinking about what Moses writes about in Exodus 24. Do you notice this? In Exodus 24, after the, covenant, after the words of the Ten Commandments are said, Moses uh, speaks all the words, and the people say what, by the way, when they hear it? He says all the Ten Commandments and everything, he's, up, he's, uh, he's come down before them all, and they say this, all the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Which is like, how long did that last, right? Golden calf within like a couple weeks, right? And then Moses wrote down all the words, and he comes down, he has uh, some, he has, uh, in, rose early in the morning built an altar at the foot of the mountain. So he comes down at the foot of the altar. Uh, a bunch of people go out and they get some burnt offerings and they get some oxen and, uh, and they are going to sacrifice, right? So he speaks the words of God and then uh, he does this whole, this whole thing with the, the sacrifice. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But then he invites 
a bunch of people up to the mountain. Look at the end of chapter 24 there that I had the reading there of, of uh, verse 10 and 11. Moses and Aaron, the 70 elders of Israel, went up and they saw the God of Israel, but they weren't blown away. They lived. And then Moses says, there was under his feet as it were a pavement of sapphire stone like the very heaven for clearance. So here's these people invited to see God, and they see him, but they aren't punished, even though they should be, because God knows darn well that these guys are really soon going to make a golden calf and start worshiping it instead of him. Instead, though, they're not punished, but look what Moses says, verse 11, and God did not lay his hand on these leaders. They beheld God and ate and drank. They had a meal with God. This was a turning point of Israel. This Mount Sinai covenant experience where a promise was made and a meal was had. And here's Matthew. I am sure he's thinking of this. Another meal about a covenant in front of a holy man, and I'm not holy, and yet I'm not punished. A hand's not laid on me. I'm eating and drinking and enjoying this fellowship with God. And then Jesus says stuff about covenant. That must have struck Matthew a little weird, too, because this covenant made in chapter 24, they broke. All these things you said we should do, we're going to do. They didn't do it. And Matthew still wasn't doing it. Task collector, thief against his own people, didn't love his neighbor, greedy. And yet here is Jesus speaking words he chose him to eat with, and now Jesus is saying a covenant is being made. Matthew missed out on the first one, and he broke the last one. He figured God would never make a covenant with him again. He's not a promise keeper. And yet Jesus is saying a covenant is being made right now, and is including Matthew, is including you, he's including promise breakers, he's including sinners, and he's including the greedy. That's us. And yet Jesus invites us, like he did these people, to his meal and makes a covenant with you. Matthew really must have been amazed. I get to be here at this moment that he allows me to eat with him, this Jesus, and now he's making a covenant. And look what he says too. Drink of it, he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant. The first covenant with Moses was the blood of oxen. And what's interesting about blood is, is that we talk about this downstairs, why blood? Well, blood's, I think it's obvious actually. It's not crazy. It's not primitive. What more serious effect, Eric Becker said it really well, like what other liquid, fluid, or anything is more serious than blood. Like, you can't really replace that. Blood is death. Blood's supposed to be in the body, not outside the body. You see blood, there's death. There's nothing more serious 
than that. So you'll see covenants being made in the Old Testament with blood, or sacrifice for sin, blood, blood, blood everywhere, and it's about seriousness. And you see in all cultures, by the way, not just Jewish. So you know, like, in fact, I love, I love the Moses episode. He tells them the book of the law. They say, we're going to do it. And all of a sudden, he takes a bunch of blood and splashes it on him. Like, oh, what did I just get involved in, right? That's what you're going to be thinking. Like, okay, God's serious. That's what Jesus is doing. This covenant is not flippant. It's not arbitrary, it's not even a legal document where you write and somebody else writes their name over here. Blood's involved. You're never going to forget this like the people of Israel. And this is serious. God means it. But what's more amazing is Jesus says what? Moses took the blood of oxen. Jesus says, my blood. How powerful is this? This is, not, this is not a two-sided covenant contract. This whole thing is about Jesus. He's the author of it. He came up with the whole idea to love sinners and to eat with them and promise something to them, and he's paying for it. He's paying for the whole meal. He's paying for the tip. The nothing, you got nothing to do with it. It's his blood. He's the one that's gonna pay the price for this covenant. If you think God's serious, right here, if Matthew thinks that Jesus is serious about a covenant and forgiveness, his blood is on the table. And he doesn't even know about what's going to happen Friday when the same Jesus is going to prove that as he goes to the cross. That covenant is in blood and not the blood of goats or oxen and not your blood. This is not an equal relationship. Jesus' blood. How more serious can you get than that? I think it's important to remember that because when you think of your salvation, your relationship with God, sometimes we have the tendency to think that we have something to do with it and we, get, we, might, get too, uh, we might get concerned like, I don't know if God loves me. I got to put something into this relationship. Certainly, I got to pay something back. He took, he took the uh, bill for the, for the meal, but I at least have to tip. Nope. Jesus' blood pays for it all. Or when we get kind of proud. Nope. You got nothing to do with it. God's love for you does not hinge on your faithfulness, your perfect faith or believing or life but upon the blood of Jesus, that's why you can have confidence that you are clean, that you are pure, that you are forgiven, that you are connected to God, that it's going to be okay, and that He has a covenant with you. It's in His blood, not yours. It's in His work, not yours. And Matthew knew what that meant more than anybody. Welcome back to the table, even though he was a sinner. Forgiven and made a promise and got to eat with this Jesus. And we know he never forgot it. Changed his life. This same meal is for you today. 
The same covenant meal that Moses has is yours today. Exactly what Matthew got to receive is you, because you're Matthew, you're John, you're Luke, you're the task collector, you're the greedy one, you're the sinner that Jesus has called to his table today and gives you exactly what he gave Matthew. Take and eat, this is my body. If you think I'm joking about my love and grace and mercy and promise to you that you're going to rise again, take and eat, there's my body. Take and drink, this is my blood. This promise is not just general and nice. It's personal. It's yours. So you'll leave here not for, it's weird to say that. Take and drink, this is weird if you think about this. Communion, if you really think about this. It should be, so you don't forget. You are eating and drinking the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That's how serious he is about you being confident. A covenant's made with you, you're forgiven. It's gonna be okay. So come, come to the table. Dine with the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.